MJ podcast. I'm super, super excited to bring this pod to you guys. and I believe it's going to help a lot of people. So the MJ podcast is going to be a platform for you guys as listeners to get personal insights, experiences and knowledge all around mindset and ultimately life as well. Both for myself and we'll be extracting the knowledge from guests that we'll be having on the pod as well. I'm Mark Jennings. I'm going to be your host throughout these pods. I'm an ex-professional rugby player with a long list of mental health and addiction problems throughout my life. Um, I've been at the very bottom and I've not had purpose for a very long time in my life due to past experiences and an overall weak mindset. But since taking back my my mind, um, I now believe it to be my strongest asset and I want to share my personal knowledge and experiences with you guys as well as people will have on the pod. Um, with the aim that information that we're giving you is going to resonate with you and you're going to take that away and then use that on your own personal journey. So getting into this, um, I think certainly over over the last couple of weeks with everything going on, a huge thing for me has just been the ability to reconnect with people. And um, James O'Connor, who's our, who's our guest here, we had, um, we had a season at South Sharks together and kind of over the last 12 months, we, we've checked in on each other um, Every now and again, you know, I've been interested in what he's been up to um, and kind of vice versa. So we, we've reconnected in that way. And um, more recently, we, we've had quite long conversations about, about the journey we've been on. And I think a lot of different things have, have resonated with each other because everything's been quite similar, especially kind of the rebirth and the purpose um, aspect to that. So it was kind of a no-brainer getting James on here to, um, you know, extract, extract some knowledge from him and... Um, just have a have a good conversation for you guys. So, um, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm doing really well, bro. How you doing? Yeah, I'm all good, bro. So, yeah, I wanted to bring you on here, mate, because obviously we've had some real good conversations of late, and um, you know, extract some of your knowledge because you you know you're really clued up on this, and and I think one of the big things we talk about is always we've been through it, we've got the first-hand experience, um, so we've got the knowledge that we're able to to share with people. Um, that are going through similar situations. Oh, 100%. I think straight away, though, like, I'm not saying I'm anywhere. I'm, at, I'm the finished product. I've only been doing this for a year and a half, two years. But if I keep moving, like, there's, you know, the world's your oyster. There's, like, the sky's the limit, you know. I guess for me, I've been lucky enough to be guided by an organisation of men who really sort of just helped rebuild my physical body but also my spirit and my mind. And for that, looking at what you've done by yourself on your own, it's uh, pretty incredible. Yeah, I think I think so, bro. I think when we look at this, the one big topic about this is the mind, and it's something that I neglected for for such a long time. Um, In terms of loads of aspects, like people take care of the body, like how much, especially in the in the career that we've done, everything's external, everything's how good you look on the outside, and not a lot of internal work goes into into anybody so kind of through the 26 years of my life i never i never really looked at the internal i never really focused on my mental strength so it kind of got to a real desperate point for me when i had to make that decision where it was literally fight or flight for me um and i made that decision and i think the first thing you've got to do when you when you have issues like i've had addiction issues and um you know mental health issues a variety of mental health issues you really have to peel back the layers and you have to have a conversation with yourself and think, you know, what what do I need to change? Yeah. What do I need to change? And these are these gnarly conversations that people just don't want to have, do they? Like people don't want to look in the look in the mirror and say, like I had to look in the mirror, mate, and I was like, 
mate, I'm a piece of shit. Like, I'm a complete piece of shit. The way I'm living, um, I hadn't had a job for 12 months. I'd put on a load of weight. Um, I could have got off my ass and tried to get a job and do everything, but I just, I just didn't want to do it. Like, I had no motivation. I had no nothing. So I'd got to the point where I had to make that decision, um, you know, that fight or flight. And you have to have them conversations with yourself, don't you? That, I think for anybody starting their journey, this is the starting point. Oh, 100%. That's the first place to look is where not many people can actually start. Like the external, the physical body, that's the easiest part, like getting your diet right, almost going to training. Like they're all sort of easy things. The hardest part is being alone with your mind. For me, for so long, ever since I can remember as a kid, I didn't want to sit still. I didn't want to go internal and literally deal with all that was going on. Like there's so much I had, especially through my, my early 20s, there was so much I'd put into a box through experiences that I was like, I don't want to touch that. If I open that, it's a whole can of worms. And the, the funny thing is, like when you play professional sport as well, it's like you're working on your external, but it's never really to be efficient. It's almost like to how you look. You go to the gym, you want to have like big chest, big shoulders, but it's like, is that actually efficient for rugby? The way I've sort of started learning and evolving is everything needs to be in balance. If you're sort of focusing too much on weights, you lose speed. If you do too much speed, you might lose flexibility. So it's all about balance, and I think that comes back to life. If you're looking externally and not going internally, sooner or later you're going to crash. And like we both found, we hit rock bottom a few times and like had to work our way out. There's no doubt. Like It took a lot of action to get there. But like you said, I think a big word you said in the introduction was accountability holding yourself accountable like when you look in the mirror you're like you know it's not good enough so once you get that drive and that discipline back you can actually start you start seeing the progress and it makes you hungry again into finding your purpose bro 100 percent. i think just on that accountability there so kind of my my process the way i started um was kind of for anybody that doesn't know it's a short kind of um evaluation on it i was adopted moved through i was moved, adopted from the movie came over to england um basically started playing rugby um got a lot of injuries um had a few addictions around you know painkillers and uh, recreational drugs um ultimately leading me to um, taking overdose and ended up in rehab and then um i came i came back from rehab and i just didn't want to play rugby anymore um that was it you know my mind was made up um kind of everything that had happened in the past my mind had just become so weak um it had become such a negative dark place from from as, from as long as I know I think everything I was saying everything in my mind the conversations I had in my mind were always those dark depressive conversations um there was no light at the end of the tunnel so and that was because like we've touched on there bro it's just not wanting to have that conversation with myself and say look you were adopted look blah 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 whatever it might be and just breaking these things down and then being able to ultimately use these as motivation and um a cornerstone for you to kind of excel you've got to you've got to learn to not go through things but just grow through things a hundred percent like if you don't actually take the time to stop and process it you'll never heal it that was the biggest thing for me as i had wounds from when i was 12 years old i had wounds with my family that I had to deal with through relationship externally, just with myself, how I'd let myself become, you know, how far I'd gone off path. Because like, you know, as well, we both chased that dark wolf pretty far down down the path. And uh, for me, it was just being able to see that there was actually nothing there. And the, one of the, the things I sort of noticed about you, so when we were at sale, was I could see you starting to slip. I could almost see the warning signs of how it was for me. So we got to that point where you were sort of finishing up. You know, I wanted to, like, I was trying to reach out and, and help you in that way, but 
we're men, we need to make mistakes ourselves. And I could just see, you know, you had a little bit more to hit. You had a little bit more to go to hit rock bottom. And also, one thing I've learned is you can't help someone if they don't want to help themselves. But also, unless you're out of the pain, like, how are you, how are you going to, how am I going to guide someone like you when I'm still in mine? So it's, it's awesome having someone to talk to and to be able to, I guess, share knowledge with and little, little tweaks of how to get out of certain situations. But it's all about the internal internal chat. Once you understand what's going on inside, heal some of those things and then stop being a victim to those circumstances. I think victim mentality is so prevalent in our society. Like, oh, I'm like this because my dad brought me up this way or I didn't have a dad, that's why I'm like this. Or if I was picked in that rugby team, you know, maybe I'd be playing for England and my relationship would be better and I wouldn't be addicted to alcohol. Like, all these things. It's like once you take accountability for it and you're like, you know what, I'm here because of the decisions I made. I let that go. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't ideal, but this is this is my life. This is where I'm at now. So if I want to have a positive impact on society, I got to start moving forward. And you just draw a line in the sand and you start taking those steps every day. Well, 100%. I think a great point again is just something we spoke about is like you're saying that people can try and help you, but you have to help yourself. And in my case, I was quite fortunate. Even though I didn't use these resources, like I got sent to some of the best psychiatrists, psychologists, whatever it might be. You know, I got diagnosed with childhood PTSD and depression and all these things. And you get you get given a basis from these people of things you can be doing to get better. But if you internally don't want to do these things, you just won't get better. And yeah. I think the thing with this is, and we always go back to it, but you, you need to... So kind of the way that I started my journey was... Um, after I finished playing rugby, I had 12 months where I spent every single thing, every single pound I had, I spent. I had nothing left in the bank. I didn't work. Um, I just sat on the couch, drank all day, did drugs. And it got to a point when, you know, every single day last year, I didn't want to live. I didn't want to be here. And I had to make that decision. It was a fight or flight decision for me. And I knew I had to break down all the all the shit inside me that was wrong. And I had all these all these issues from all over the years that I had that I had masked up through different addictions, like going from primary school, which was which was like food addiction, like self-medicating that way to getting into high school when it's alcohol, then getting into after high school when it's when it's drugs and then painkillers and then harder drugs again. You self-medicate through all these different ways because you've got unresolved issues inside you. And these these unresolved issues are things that people can people can can sort out head on. And when you sort these things out head on, you start to you start to build like a little book of all these all these things that have initially held you back in the past. But now you can use these as fire in your belly to become a better person. And and in my case as well, certainly what I like to do with people now is try and enlighten the next person that's had issues like this. Because the more issues you've had like this, it makes you a hell of a hell of a stronger person. And kind of one of the biggest things I've learned um, that resounds with me is you don't go through situations, you grow through situations and you use all these little little things to keep building you up. All these little moments, all these little moments string together and that, that's what life is. Oh, 100%. It's the experiences. That's why we're put in this reality to experience life. And I think but you touched on it. I found it hard because I saw psychologists, I saw a psychiatrist, I saw different sort of mental coaches and none of it stuck with me because I felt like it was just so from a book. And I was like, you don't know what it's like to want to be that hungry. You just want to go out and destroy yourself. You want to go out, get pissed, maybe get in a fight, do like you just almost animal instincts take over because you, you've created a life that 
is a lie. And almost I was so for me, I started probably from the age of like 23. I lost myself. I forgot almost who I was because I was acting like I was James O'Connor, the rugby player. I was this version. I was putting on a mask to be around my family, then to be around my missus, and almost I was getting pushed out to lunches and dinners with CEOs of some of the biggest companies in Australia. So I was playing like this real polished version of myself. And amongst all of that, I literally forgot who I was. I became just like a shell of a person. And then that sort of leads to, okay, now when you start going out, it's not about connecting and having a good time. It's almost like you start numbing yourself. And then that leads to your body breaking down physically. I started getting more injuries. I just felt weak. I couldn't do what I used to be able to do on the rugby field. And your mind starts going, you start second guessing everything. I got to the point where when I was in France, like there was times where I could play the game for like four days a week, literally be the, the version, everything's all good, this and that. And then for two days, I'd literally be blackened room. Mrs. was like, what's going on? Like, come on, let's go to this. Let's go to, go to that. I just didn't have any energy to leave. I was like, my soul was just broken. It was like, I don't want to play this lie anymore. You need to like, you need to start moving. So eventually I, I left France and, one of the best decisions was moving to the UK, having to just face myself. There was there was no one there who I knew, really. It was just pretty much starting from scratch. Like I told you before, there was that organisation that came in and sort of helped me move, started rebuilding my physical body so I was actually healthy again. I could actually play rugby and then working on my mind and breaking down, breaking down my ego, almost just figuring out that purpose of why do I play rugby? Because for a long time, I was just literally, why, I didn't even know why. I almost hated it. It was just the thing that I was good at that got me paid and I was known for. So once you sort of break away all those layers and have a reason for living, like a why, like I know I spoke to you, it's like, do you want to play professional rugby anymore? You've, you've found your new purpose, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, bro, and I think touching on that as well, just what you said there, is the ability that every single person, it seems, in our generation today cares what everybody else thinks. And the biggest thing I've learned in the four months is just to stop focusing on anyone else. Like, don't let any of the outside noise, like, have your have your goals, have your have your little sections in your head which you want to get better at and excel at, and you don't let anybody externally come in and try and try and take that from you. And I think certainly as I've changed over the last couple of months, you see friendship groups changing, you see everything changing, and you see this energy start arising within you that, you can sell old people you were hanging around with. You can feel their energy and you can feel them trying to bring you down. They keep cropping up every now and again and you can, and you can feel that energy. So just a huge thing for me would just be just just focus on yourself, set your goals because when, you, when you're in these struggles and you're recollecting stuff that happened in your past and you're trying to fight these demons head on, this is stuff that you do by yourself. And yeah. is, it's a beautiful struggle. It's a beautiful struggle because now when things get deep and gnarly for me, I call on this shit like later down the line. I think, you know, I've been through that. I've been through that. I've, I face this shit head on. So now I can take this into the next chapter. And before it'd be like, if I if I found like a dead end or something hard, these things would come at me like a darkness and say, you ain't doing this because this happened to you and you're from here. And that's it. That, that was my line in the sand. That was it. I couldn't, I couldn't put a foot over that line in the sand because um, I was just recollected everything other people had said to me and not my internal self oh 100 because when you're around those people again they see how far you've moved and it's almost like a mirror reflection back to them they're like geez like how's he sorted out like no no he's changed like it's not for the better like 
it, is all, it almost makes them angry because of how they're still living their life and that they don't have the courage to take those steps. And I think, yeah, well, literally that was the same for me. It's, it's like peeling an onion away. It's almost people start falling away and other people you become tighter with and you almost just – everything becomes about substance. It's like you only want not just the good stuff, but you want real. You only want truth. Like So like you said – it's all about sort of your journey. It's not worrying about, you know, living your best life on Instagram or it's not about having the flashy watch or this or that. It's what's real. Like, and obviously I've been following you and we've been speaking, but like for you, you're doing the marathons and training. I think physical activity is one of the best things to literally strengthen your mind, but also just to, to help build a, I guess, a base to your week. Yeah, bro, like real real just attracts real. People with your energy attracts people with likewise energy. And these opportunities, more opportunities keep arising because people want to be around people with that energy. And you'll see how much your life changes and how many how many new opportunities arise just in the four months that I've been living this way. The opportunities that have come into my lap that would never, ever have come into my lap just from just from starting being that positive mindset and um, having structure and routine. Like you touched on there, mate, like exercise, fuck, like exercise for me is like, the biggest thing ever. Like I was, I was like 25 kilos overweight, mate. I was like this massive piece of machinery that just didn't leave the couch. All I ordered was like Domino's and like Chinese, like all day, bro. And like I just, I was just big. And you know, when I got to that decision, that that decision I made, when I was like, right, I need to sort shit out here because like I'm gonna be dead soon, and I just need to sort myself out. I've got no job, no hope, no. Like my purpose has gone. Like we like we touched on. And um, I started walking like a kilometer. I started, well, I remember the first kilometer I walked um, and I was just sweating, mate. And like, this is coming from someone who played professional rugby play, uh, rugby that had been played 80 minutes. And I was like, it took me like 15 minutes to walk a kilometer down the road. And like, you're sweating out like two days ago, beer and like cigarettes and like all kinds of shit. And everything in your head's just saying, no, no, like stop. Like, what are you doing? Like, my butt, like you're not used to this. Um, and you keep going with it and and like the best thing I can recommend with, with people just starting off is just don't listen to any music just like be alone with your mind because when you when you're exercising you get you get them deep thoughts and then thoughts come into your head and then you start having these conversations with your with your mind without you knowing it you're starting to strengthen your mind um straight from the bat oh, 100% I feel like that's I think that was literally the start of my journey as well coming back was just moving physically again and starting to enjoy that pain like I got to a point where I was still playing obviously professional footy and still being able to train on the field but I wasn't doing gym correctly I was I never really broke into a sweat I don't know how I like I I stayed away from anything that was gonna be too hard I stayed away from and then literally after my last sort of injury on my ankle we just broke it all down again when I first started I just the guy who I was training with was just killing me. He wasn't a professional athlete or anything, but he was dominating me. And I was like, how is this guy beating me? Like, I'm actually, my base is always normally pretty up there. I'm like at elite standard for most of these things. And he was destroying me. I remember one time we were hiking up a, a mountain together. And uh, he made me sort of, like, we put on like, put on these shoes, a shit, shit pair of shoes that had no grip. And I was carrying the bag and I was following him up there and he was powering up. And I was thinking in my head, like, fuck this guy. Like, honestly, like, fuck this, fuck that, like, this is too hard, blah, blah. And he just starts laughing and he looks back. He's like, like, what's going on, bro? Like, I can feel you, like, literally cursing me out. Like, if you don't want to do it, walk back. The car's over there. I'll meet you in a few hours. Like, you know, I don't have to do this with you. You don't have to do it. And uh, I guess that was the first thing for me because you started speak, talking about that 
the self-talk with your mind because you're not actually your thoughts. It's separate, like whatever you want to call it, your soul. It's a different entity to your mind. So having those conversations and just listening to it go. I remember like even a year and a half ago, my mind, I couldn't hold consciousness. I'd be talking to you right now and I would, I would just go off. You'd be talking and I'm, I'm in a different plane. You've said something and I'm thinking about what you've just said before. And I'd come back and be like, oh, wait, what'd you say, bro? Like my mind would just start looping. Or you'd say something about, oh, you know, I was addicted to alcohol and I was having these big nights. And I'd start going into, oh, yeah, when I was addicted to this and that and this and that, I literally just makes a loophole and takes you into the future. And, oh, but what if that happens again? Shit. What if you went out and this happened or this? And I'm like, and you just pull it back. You're like, what is, what is it even talking about? It's just like a little monkey just keeps on going and going. So I think the, one of the best things I did as well was no music, literally just out there working, just listening to these thoughts and almost just start laughing at them like, like what is it thinking? Like, geez, it becomes almost like a game. Let's see how far-fetched your mind can like take a scenario. And that comes down again, like a huge thing I always touched on and been a huge part of my journey is that, that comfort zone. And as soon as you leave that comfort zone, that is when you start getting these, getting these talks in your head. Well, that's actually your your brain, your mind challenging you to get past these boundaries and smash through these boundaries. And everyone's everyone's boundary and um, comfort zone is so small, like it's so small. Comparing mine to what it was four months ago, like as you touched on there, I did them the five five marathons in five days. Thinking about doing that um, in December, mate. Jesus Christ, like I would have keeled over on the couch, sat with my KFC bucket. Like well, thinking about that makes me want to do that. I don't know how you did that. Sounds horrible. On that as well, mate. Like on the so so I was doing these indoors and I, I was on the treadmill and I just wrote a big sign just saying quit. Had no music, had no nothing. Just wrote this big sign saying quit. And I just knew that through it took me three and a half hours. I knew through that three and a half hours I was gonna go on like some dark, dark journey. Like I was gonna enter Mordor and come out the other side. So how good? How good? Like how? That against that pain barrier, like when you actually know you set yourself a task, like, oh, this is going to be tough, but fuck, I'm, I'm up for it. Let's see, like, bring it on. I want to push that boundary and, like, almost like accomplish something. Because I think a big part of why we're almost, we get to that point is our, uh, like, our barriers are so little in our comfort zone is because we don't actually have to work for anything anymore. Everything's just given to you. So, like, you want food, bang, order on Uber Eats. You want to watch a movie, you don't have to go to the video store anymore, or back in the day, you couldn't even do that. You just, chuck on Netflix or go online and you can pretty much watch anything. Everything is so accessible. So people don't have discipline to stick to anything anymore. It's almost like, oh, I know I became like that. I was almost, literally, I was just always just chasing pleasure. And that, mate, that, that's a huge thing. Like, obviously, a long time ago, thousands of years ago, when we were cavemen and, you know, whatever we were, there was literally two thoughts in our mind, you know, eat or eat or die. We had to eat to die. So we always had this one goal engraved in our mind, didn't we? So we'd get up and we'd go out hunting all day. And that was it. We were driven by that goal because we knew we had to do that or we'd die. And as you just say now, like, fuck, we've got Netflix, we've got Deliveroo, we've got whatever, just eat. You can just, you can just pick stuff up and then, um, you know, you can order. Everything's at hand. I think that's why depression's so big because it's so easy not to have goals because everything's so so on hand and so easy and I think a huge thing that I've delved into more because I suffered with depression for a long time is the fact that there is no there's no physical test for depression so you can't you can't get a scan on your brain you can't get blood taken out of you 
And that comes down again to every time I've been depressed, I've not had purpose, I've not had goals and I've not had a structure. And you'll find by just making making a note of two or three things that you want to change and, and engaging your mind to that. And then you start that journey. This journey starts off from a little spark and you look down now, especially on my journey, I'm four months into it. And I feel like now my my that little spark's created like a big forest that's like on flames. I'm going to like carry on going down. It's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it has this effect. And while you're from the outside looking in on your own journey, um, you see how much you've changed and how far you've come. So again, it's just, it's just about starting that initial journey and then, and then looking in and then seeing, seeing what you've accomplished. And then that motivates you and drives you, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, because you want to keep in that flow. Although we speak about, you know, you don't want to be happy because if you're happy, then you have to fall back down to sad. Like you just want to be at peace. And when you feel that momentum, you just want to stay in the flow and you keep creating. I think you touched on it there. Like everyone talks about depression and mental health and also all these sort of keywords. And I guess what I was taught was you're depressed because your soul is sick of playing the game. It's like literally crying out because you're living a lie and you, you need to get back on path. It wants you to be living in sync with reality, with this world. So literally for me, it was just changing, just shifting my mindset, just changing my focus a little bit. Mate, 100%. And just and just touching on that as well, like since since I've been living this way for the last last four months, like I've had I've had zero depression at all. And kind of before, kind of the area when I finished playing rugby, when I was trying to get a job, I, I tried to actually become a PT and um I spoke to like numerous people before it, um, asked about the exam, and I heard the exam was like real easy. So I was like, all right, I can definitely do this. Gets to the exam, and I failed the exam. So I kind of like said to myself, like, I can't, I can't, you know, um, take in the information. I was struggling to sit still, all that kind of stuff, like issues I'd had in school. Um, so I was like, all right, I've got ADHD here. I need to, I need to go and go and sort myself out and get get a test. Wow. So sat down with this guy. This guy's like, look, mate, do you um, can you concentrate? Can you sit still? Blah blah blah. I was like, no, no, no. I was like, right, you've got ADHD. That's it. Get on some concerta. Um, so I started the concerta for about two months. Do they give you medication? What do you do say, bro? Do they give you medic? Do they give you medication? Yeah. So I was on concerta, fifty milligrams. So I was taking them, bro. I was just like wired straight. Like they kick in about half an hour. Absolutely wired. But like you touched on before, everyone's there's always like an up and a down, and I'd always be down at night. So I had this medication, and I was like up for like seven hours, like proper up, like I was proper wired, um, keeps like real clear between the ears, and it's just anybody that's had it will know know exactly what I'm talking about. So I was finishing the ADHD tablet, so wearing off at about I don't know five six p.m., and then I was getting so depressed, so depressed. And um, I'd gone from like, because in my mind mix, my mind was so weak at the time. I thought this tablet was like creating my character, making me who I was. And without this tablet, like I, so I, I couldn't, work. I couldn't yeah. work or do anything like that. And I think this is a huge thing that I've, from like reflecting with the psychologist, psychiatrist and whatever it is, they'll ask you some generic questions and then you get branded as such. So you get branded with the, the PTSD or whatever it is. And then in your mind, because you're already weak and you think you have these things, you start using these as excuses. So yeah. when I got diagnosed with ADHD, like, oh, I can't sit in this meeting because you know I'm not gonna be able to concentrate. I'm gonna disrupt people or whatever it might be, or or depress you've been diagnosed with depression. You 
these things get ingrained into your mind because you're weak-minded already. They they play such a big part on on your spiral down. And if you actually peel back the layers like we touched on earlier, um, I had this going on, I had this going on, and I had this going on. And did I ever confront these things? No. And they just built up and built up and built up and got to a boiling point. Yeah, I, like you've literally touched it on the on the head there. Like it just becomes like another identity for you. It's like oh, I can't do. It's like the victim. I can't do that because I've got ADHD or I can't concentrate or you know I'm depressed or this or that. It's like just just start moving. Once you actually take the courage and look internal and just set yourself those little goals, start just creating like a positive sort of workplace, a positive sort of environment for you. You'll you'll start feeling everything flow. I think, well, like you said, that that is that. Someone to give you, especially, you know, with the the background you had, sort of being addicted to alcohol and and whatnot, giving you that drug would literally be like fucking a high. It's such a high for you. You'd literally yeah. just be riding high for so long, and then you become addicted to that. In essence, like you can't actually live your life without it. No, no, I need that. If I don't have that, I can't think properly, or I can't actually live, or I can't do that. And then what is that actually doing to you internally as well? You know, like I know I've spoken to you about sort of using coffee and different supplements yeah. and most uppers and downers and whatnot, like the way I've found is unless you're actually doing it in your natural state, you're not actually doing it properly, you, you're, I guess you're cheating. Obviously, coffee's a, a different sort of element. You can use certain things to get you to a level to open yourself up. But it's almost like going back on why do people go out and drink. You get to that point. When you're going out to connect and whatnot, then, you know, that's okay. But when you're, you're going out to numb yourself or you're drinking for that reason, that's when the down spiral starts happening. Yeah, 100%, bro. And just touching on that with the alcohol as well, there's something I wanted to include. Kind of like on my down spiral, when I was ending up at like random people's like houses, like drinking till two or three days. I think the overriding thing for me was, like you just said then with numbing, is like the amount of like characters and people you meet at these places that have like real, real bad issues and like they've, they've drank a lot. And then that's when, because it's a mind altering substance, people's issues start spilling out. So take, for instance, you're at a party and someone starts talking to you about, um, I don't know, something that they've done in their life. And this has like a a great effect on them. And then they wake up the next morning and think, you know, oh, fuck, you know, I shouldn't have said that. And they feel really embarrassed about it. And this kind of like keeps building up over a long term of events until, until it just spirals out because people aren't dealing with their issues sober. And you know as well as me, if you try and deal with your issues through fucking drugs or alcohol, it, you, you're on the back foot already. It's a mind-altering substance. You're not thinking clear. So, Because I've been sober now for like four or five months, my, my mind is just so much clearer. And from before, like I've just said, you need to deal with your issues. If you have big underlying issues, do not self-medicate. You need to fight these things head on, head on. You need to fight these things and... Again, you just need to be willing to put the work in, don't you? That's all it is. And like, fuck, mate, if I can say anything to anyone, it's like I was in the darkest, darkest place in December, like the darkest. I did not want to live. And just from making these small decisions, like you saying, pit these goals, like my first goal was to walk one kilometer. And then after that, I broke everything down. Like my biggest issue was addiction. Like I'd spent all of my money around alcohol and drugs, everything. So I wrote, I wrote a list down and just accumulated all the things that were bad about alcohol and drugs and like people think i'm crazy when i say this but i had like these three sheets of paper 
all the bad things. I read these every single day for two months. And so these are so deep in my mind that when anybody ever asked me about, oh, yeah, you're coming out for a, for a drink or whatever it might be, I was just like, fuck no. Because like everything everything that I'd, um, I'd read on these sheets of paper was so deep into my mind then. And it's like, bro, you can change anything you want to about yourself. If you want to put in the time, and then when you get to the situation where you're four or five uh, months down the line, you look look back at your life and think, fuck, I missed out on so much because I don't want to take the time out and and put work into where I want to be. Oh, 100%. Like, (laughs) again, you, you can do so much more than we actually think is possible. And I think one of my toughest things was I had limited myself incredibly, like, I started having those sort of negative thoughts where I thought I was at this certain stand and my life would never be good again because I was, I couldn't, because I was using obviously substances as well. I wasn't actually, you're never at that sort of level point. Once you start getting addicted to something, you start relying on something, you, you're always underneath your, your level playing field. So it's almost like you're always in a deficit. So even when you take that, then you, you're only, almost just getting up to the level scratch. Like what do people call it? Like you're getting high or whatnot. Yeah. getting high going into like the higher frequencies you're almost like you're getting out of all that negative shit and all the pain and whatnot and you're almost you're cheating to get there so eventually after you come down from your high you're just so much lower you're just you're deep in that pain and it's horrible like one of the the things i remember like, i remember just before i left me and you went out for a pizza we went to um old junior markets and then uh you came came back got a pizza came out with two beers. i was like okay we'll have one beer Eventually, you disappeared, came back with 10 shots, and I was like, I was like, bro, I'm, I'm not there anymore, hey. <laughs> but oh, yeah. that, wasn't, that wasn't that long ago. I'm like, to see sort of where you got to, that even just that night, like, well, it was still daytime, work to where you are now. Like, I think that was my biggest thing as well. Like, when you're relying on a substance like alcohol, it's just, how can you ever move forward if you're, you're relying on something that's just going to be dragging you down? It's almost like a, a weight holding you down. As soon as you start start eating correctly and like you're talking about like Uber Eats and whatnot, where is this actual food coming from? Is it even healthy for you? Most of the time it's, it's almost like a cheat meal. So you're not actually getting any nutrients in that your brain needs to actually function, that are, are like to work quickly and for you to be able to make those sort of good decisions about, you know, you eat something clean, you eat some kale and a nice piece of steak, you actually want to go out and lift weights the next day, you want to go for a run. You go, go eat some McDonald's. Like, all you want to do is sit on the couch next day and watch Netflix and maybe get on some Fortnite. Like, those little decisions is, like, another part of just winning that little battle. You just you keep it clean. You keep it moving. You keep the momentum going. Bro, that's a huge point as well. The diet is, like, fuck. Just from making five, six days of changing my diet, you want to, as you say, mate, you want to get up and you want to go out and you want to do weights and you want to get, you want to get shit done. And... It's such a big thing that people don't look at, especially like cause I, I work in an office now, like nine to five. A lot of people's diets are so bad. They're eating like crisps and chocolate at lunch. And they just get you can see, you can physically see people getting lethargic, wanting to, wanting to sleep and whatever it might be. Like diet is such a, a huge part. Like I touched on it before, but like years ago, there was when none of this shit was around. It, like look at people's body shapes. Everyone was lean. There was no, there was no fat fucks like walking around, was there? Because... They were eating like eating animals and they were eating like fresh vegetation. But now since everything's like changed and it's like, it, it, mate, it's huge. Like diet is so big. Diet is so big. Like you can get, you can get fit like on a, on an exterior level, just from eating healthy. You don't need to go and lift the weights. That's a, a great part to it as well, but it'll, it'll clear your mind and keep you, keep you, 
keep you more conscious by having better food and it's such a big thing that's that's so overlooked but another part of that as well is just the price the price of like good food but like since i like i had nothing there i had no money and i needed to eat good nutrients so i was literally eating three pound meal deals from like tesco or whatever every single day to keep me fueled so if anyone's saying no 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 it's too expensive to eat i was like going and getting like a a tuna wrap or some the most healthiest thing i could get in like a and like a fruit pot for like three pounds. So you can make things work. You can always make things work. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, you talk about that as well. Like, I remember I was drinking like four or five coffees a day just to be able to sort of train and stay awake and alert. Now if I have, I have like two coffees a week. If I have one or like a tea, like what sort of damage is that doing to you like internally? People sitting in an office literally sipping on coffee all day, like your adrenals are just going crazy. It's like... I have one of them now. If I don't go and run or lift or train, I literally get like, I'm like, what's going on? Like, I can't sit still. And I was like at that point where I could have sort of four or five of them in my guts and not feel anything. So it's like as soon as you sort of start tweaking your diet, where everything starts sort of moving correctly. Now you're talking about, I guess, cheap food. And there's, like, there's always a way. There's always a way to sort of find it. Like now everything sort of we eat is we go to the organic markets. And like when I first started doing that, I was like, oh, you know, it's extra effort having to go there. It's only up on a Sunday. I've got to be there at this sort of time. And then once you start eating cleaner and you start actually enjoying it, it's like you start thinking, okay, where's this food actually coming from? And, you know, I'm, I'm eating like consciously sourced meat from an organic sort of farmer who lives up in the top of Queensland and he's actually putting love into his cattle. He's not just sort of – it's not just a meat bag that's sort of been passed out. And, you know, you go into Woolworths or some of these big supermarkets, there's just – so much wastage it's it's almost it's gross when you actually go in and you, you they spray so much perfume and so many sort of scents in there so you can't actually smell what's going on but there's just sugar everywhere there's meat that they've dyed red like the vegetables aren't real like you look at the tomatoes and they're so red but you bite into it and there's nothing going on there it's all just like it's all just fake it's such like an exterior and you're going back almost i know this is a bit of a tangent here but when you're talking about sort of even like in rugby sort of the way we train you know, how you work your external and your physical and whatnot. I remember for a long time I was training. I'm a professional rugby player right now, and I'm training to sort of look good. And it's like, wait, that's not even efficient for what the sport I'm actually doing. The way I sort of move now, everything's balanced. You know, do a bit of speed, not too much you become, you lose your flexibility. Too much flexibility, you lose your strength. So it's almost about keeping that balance. It's the same as in your life. Too much of one thing, it's no good. If you eat too clean, if you eat clean all the time as well, that's when like, I, I need one good cheat meal a week and I just literally sit on the couch and I just enjoy it and I go hard. And that just literally restarts me so I can kick back into Monday and be like, all right, time to eat clean again, time to sort of set the week up and get moving. And that's like, that's like preparation again, isn't it? And just being accountable, like, as you say there, having a cheat meal a week. But yeah, that comes when you've got your structures in place for the week and you're, you're eating healthy and then it comes to that. And that comes from consistency as well and like, and habits, isn't it? Like, yeah, habits, like yeah. Yeah, consistency like with food, like after you've been on a good diet over like for me it took me like six, seven weeks of, of eating clean from going from about four or five thousand calories a day to, you know, an actual two thousand cause all I did was literally I didn't wanna I didn't wanna cut like I see a lot of people just smashing like twelve and like when people are gonna lose weight, they try and like eat minimal, don't they? So they'll yeah. like a thousand calories, they'll lose a shit ton of weight, and then three weeks down the line, what do they do? They put it all back on because it's not sustainable. So I just took off like three, four hundred calories over a couple of months, and it became 
you know, sustainable. And that consistency again and building them good habits, when you get two months down the line, you've been eating well, when you start, if you start eating shitty food, your body's like, no, what the fuck's this? Your body yeah. doesn't want it. And that's when you get like you get bad belly problems and you get all sorts because your your body's adapted to the situation it's becoming to when it's got this clean living style and your body will adapt every single time. The changes you make to your body, it will always, always adapt. Yeah, 100%. I think that's it as well. You're always trying to find homeostasis. Your body's always trying to heal itself. And I think that's one of the big problems is, well, I got stuck. I could go well for three weeks, one month, but then I'd always fall off. Something would always sort of go wrong and then it would spiral again and, and whatnot. And I think the biggest thing is like I was taught, which is it all sort of saying is the turtle wins the race. You know, the yeah. rabbit might yeah. take off quickly and go hard, but unless you can live it consistently for the rest of your life, like what's the point? Otherwise, you're always just going to be up and down, fluctuating, happy, sad, high, low. You, you want to find that balance, that sort of that point where everything's sort of just coming to you and like it's balanced. Like you said, I look forward to because my habits are, I've created a movement pattern where my habits, I'm not strict with it. I, everything sort of we do is sort of off sort of intuition. It's like feeling it out, responding to situations, not reacting and almost like this happens today. Oh, okay, cool. I'm flexible. I can change. I can adapt. But knowing that I can have a night on the weekend where I can just enjoy it allows me to sort of keep my mind clean. And it, yeah, it's, it's that balance, you know, it's been out of, the light and the dark wolf feeding them both. Yeah, and it's like with that as well, people from the outside looking in and like, fuck, like I'll train a lot at like 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. and you'll be out on your hikes doing like mad hikes and, you know, going out and doing your breathing and, and all the stuff that you've been doing, like we save your world. Like people looking in think, oh, that's like a really strict lifestyle, you know, fuck, how do they do that? How do they get up at that time and train? How do they do that? But it's, if you consistently live that way, it's not, it's not, it's not strict for us. It's just like part of our everyday, part of our being. And like in the morning for me, like my alarm goes off, my body is just up and it's ready to go. Like it's just yeah. ready straight off the bat. As soon as I open my eyes, it's ready to go. And like, so this is why like now I feel like I can say like from where I'd come from, I used to fuck, like I used to hate people like that. Like why are you training? Why are you doing that? I used to be one of them people that is, is now speaking to me and saying, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? It's like, it's it's not strict. It's just the way, way you become. And like, as we yeah, said, why, what, why did you hate them? Like, have you broken that down? Do you know why you hated them? Is it because you hated it? You didn't have the discipline to be able to do that? Or what? Why yeah, did you just... Yeah, 100%. It was that ego again. It's like, fuck, well, they're doing that. Look at that. Like, um, I can't have that discipline. I think... I think you get overwhelmed as well by people that are doing that when you're when you've got a shitty life, and you look at you look at trolls as well. Like trolls is fucking big, mate. And like if you're not taking onus on your own shit and sorting yourself out, like now I would never, I'd never have an issue with anyone. Like I love giving out like compliments or whatever to people that are out there doing their thing, and not listening to the noise outside. But when you're one of the people that have a shitty life and you know just you you've got to the point where you've got no admiration for anybody else. Like you're going to be that guy on the, on the, on the keyboard saying, you know, what the fuck are you doing and all that stuff. So it's that kind of vibe. It's like, because you, you've got so many underlying issues you've not sought out. You're not happy with yourself and how your life is that anybody else that's doing anything remotely great, you just get jealous of. And that's all it comes down to. It's jealousy and you not wanting to take onus of your own shit and wanting to put ultimately it all comes about down to you wanting to put in the work and these people are putting the work and you get overwhelmed by people like that. And I did a lot. 
Yeah, and that's I guess that goes on to the other point of why you can't appreciate it because when you're actually doing your best and you know you're your own internal guide. It's not like okay, this guy set this task for me. You set your own goals. You literally feel it out for yourself. And when you know you're working to the best of your ability, you can sleep at night. Like when people have trouble sleeping, I'm always like, like, what are you actually doing during the day? Are you fulfilling? Like, are you living a fulfilled life? Like, are you getting? Have you like completed something that day? For me. Even when I go to a big session, like I've got I've got a foundation to work from, and then anything else is not a bonus because I'm I'm at that part of my life where I'm obviously especially with what's going on with this uh, COVID stuff, like I've had to start developing my mind in another way, almost taking on a role in a in a business sense, and it's been challenging in itself. Like I told you, I went away for sort of two days and went out and sort of reconnected yeah. in nature and sort of had to look back on. I was like, oh, I thought I was at this place where I was and I was comfortable in my movement pattern of playing professional rugby. But as soon as another spanner was thrown in the works, it was like, okay, geez, how am I responding to this? Am I doing it? Like the intention is everything. If you're, if you're tired and you're forcing it and you know, you're, you're giving yourself deadlines, it's, that can be a good thing. But also when it's not flowing out, you become so restricted and that's when sort of you get a little bit of anxiety again, or you don't start sleeping the same. And so for me, it was like, I just had to take a step back and I was like, where is all this pressure coming from that I'm putting on? Like I'm just begin this begun this new role. Just take a breath and enjoy the like enjoy the ride. It's all an experience. It's all a game. So play the game. Start pushing these buttons. And I think even speaking to you, that that's sort of one thing I took from our conversation was just reminding me play the game again. It's all it's all fun. Like push on this, connect with this guy, do this, try this. If it doesn't work, you know, let it go and and leave it. But it's literally that intention of you know facing life and and living with it not oh i have to do this i have to get this done i've got i've got to get this done or i'm not going to be happy or if i don't finish this and i haven't done my work it's relax that it's all on your it's all on your flow like you set your own internal goals you set your own sort of speed and you just move with what you can do and you get that done for the day and then you wake up in the morning and you bounce out of bed because you're ready to attack the next day Bro, and that's a big point as well, just reflection, mate. The more the more reflective you are, the more effective you are, definitely. And having that evaluation where you're able to to step back at, at moments, like you've just said, like, obviously where everything's going at the moment, different initiatives are changing for everybody and, and work life and whatever it is. And the people that I see excelling in the, in the situation we're in now are the people that have taken the step back and thought, you know, where can I change it? Where can I reflect and where can I, what, what things can I get better on? And I think you touched on it there especially from a business point of view now, um, you're able to just take a step back, write down what needs to what needs to happen. And, you know, then your mind's able to adapt to each situation. I think a lot of people are becoming overwhelmed with what's going on because they don't have those plans in place and they don't have them structures. Yeah, 100%. And that's exactly it. Like, if you don't sit there and look internal and create, like, what's your guide? Like, where are you going with your life? Like this has literally stopped everyone and it's it's literally it's almost like a crossroads. Everyone's having to look at themselves and actually spend a bit of time and slow down and you can see like see I'm living on the Gold Coast, so for me I can tell the difference between who's actually moving and who's not. In a in a positive way, there's so many more sort of families that are reconnecting. I, I see people out who aren't normally on the strip when I'm walking at this yeah. time, there's so many of them getting active and they're out on the beaches and they're moving and they're running and they're jogging and you can see they're they're almost they've almost taken their blinkers off in terms of this, uh, you know, working sort of five days a week, this office sort of mentality, and they've opened it up, and they're like, okay, actually, I've forgotten what it was like to actually get out and about and experience life, detach from my phone for a bit, 
and reconnecting with people. And or you can go the other way. Obviously, there's a lot of sort of what's going on in the media and there's so much fear going on right now. I'm like, one of my neighbors is moving in this direction, using this time to sort of better themselves. They're, they've gone down a whole, their business got hit, so they've gone down a whole new way of sort of creating an income and almost having that service to others as well. So they're not just sort of doing their business for themselves. They're actually expanding out to be able to give back to the community. One of my other neighbors on the other side is just like, it's horrible, we're all going to die, like what's going to happen, all the businesses are closed, like the world's never going to be the same again, like what are we going to do, like don't get too close to me, I'm going to get COVID, like, and it's just mindset, yeah. how you going to look at it, everyone talks about the glass half full or half empty, this is the perfect time for you to start, you've got time, be alone with your thoughts and literally start creating the reality you want to live in, start creating the life you want to live and just, just start to one step, first day, one step. Next day, one and a half steps. Next day, two steps. Like it's so simple, yet it's it's just intention. Are you gonna look at, look at it as a, a negative, or are you gonna move into a positive way? Fuck, powerful, bro. Like um, every single person on this earth, the one thing that we have in common is is time. And time's not unstoppable, is it? But you know, it's controllable. And the and the and the time we're in right now, like you say, fuck, you, you could. If you would have, if you would have taken the guns when when COVID started and really wrote down your goals and what you wanted to change, if you're in a if if you're in a job at the office and you needed to strengthen yourself in different aspects in in the office life, it's like been the perfect opportunity for people to be able to reconnect and further themselves as as human beings and especially on the journey I went as well. And you know we we've already touched on like the big aspect of exercise. Every like. I seen online it's like a 65% increase of people going out and exercise and this is the perfect time for every single person out there to get a jump of the game and and be able to write down what they want to do go out be alone with your mind and create some real some real um clear between the earnest like with your with your mental well-being and just create some real strong platforms and habits that once this all finishes you can take into life a hundred percent you create the pattern now while you have the time and then literally after you keep living in that way it doesn't have to be stressful you don't have to literally be living so tight and so forcefully like i know i know someone who's lost their job after the first week and has created a whole new business plan and literally they're about to go live it's only been five weeks and like i've seen sort of their plan and i'm like that's impressive like how did you do that they're like literally i just started one day wrote out just wrote out ideas i just sat with my mind and i was actually like I hate the job I'm doing. So this is the biggest blessing that's ever happened is I get to start from scratch. So why not give it a go at what you love? Because there's every chance you could fail at something you don't actually like anyway. 100% bro. And then you know, we've, we kind of covered quite a lot of topics over the podcast. Like I think that again is that victim mentality, people losing the jobs around this time. And there literally is, there's two options with everything going on. You can, you can be that person that sits back eats all this shit food you've got no job whatever it might be um when this is all finished you're in a, you're in a fucking rut you're in a ditch or there's the people that you're you're talking of there that are using this time as a real real positive and you know they've lost the job but they've the thought you know fuck the first thing they thought is how can i get back on the path how can i get back on the path and that's relatable to life in general we like we'll fall off the path all the time mate like fuck like when i when i started on the path did i think i was going to do a podcast or have that job or whatever i wanted to do no i had my mind set on other things started on that path went down that path and then something happens and you you kind of veer off it and then you come back onto the path again and when you build that resilience in your on your on the strength of your mind it just 
gives you that ability to overcome and adapt every situation yeah. that you're in. Yeah, 100%. Like, like I was saying before, it's it's almost a problem comes and is it actually a problem? <laughs> the Apollo. Yeah, my dog just took his little time. Two sons. So so basically this, um, this dad... He gets a load of money and he gives half to one of his sons and he gives half he gives money to the other half to his other son. So basically this one son he gets all of his money, fucking goes out, spends it all on alcohol and drugs and does everything. The other son stays by his dad's side, doesn't go out, doesn't do anything. He's just um, there getting on with his work and doing doing whatever. So basically he gets to a point where the other son has um, has no money left, can't even afford food. Um, so these guys lived on a farm um, initially. So the so the son that had spent all the money rings the dad and just says, "Look, like I've got no more. I've got no money. I've got no food. I'm starving. I need to eat." So the dad's like, "Come home, son." So the uh, dad says to the the other son who's stayed there the whole time, "Go to the field. Get our best lamb. We're gonna slaughter this lamb. We're gonna have a feast." Son's coming home, and obviously that son's like, "No, the fuck. Like, why? Why would you do that? Like, he's just gone out, blown all his money, and come back." And like. Yeah. The biggest thing that resonates with me is like he comes back and then it's like you finding yourself again. Like you have to go out and do all this, do all this bad shit sometimes for you to, for that other half of you, that irrational part of your brain needs to go out and fuel itself through these little experiences and whatnot for it to come back. And then you be able to use that and have them experiences to not do it again in the past. Oh, 100%. I've heard that story before, but actually... My dad was a minister growing up. I got got them mixed up, but um, well, yeah. Look, that one son obviously went out and experienced life. He went and he might have uh, chased it down the wrong way and spent it on the the wrong things. But what did the other son do? Nothing. He just sat on his wealth and didn't actually experience anything. Didn't live. Didn't make any decisions. I think for us, like I, I know I was talking to you about that as before. It's like we're sort of men. We need to make our own mistakes, but also we need to feel it out for ourselves. Like someone might tell you, oh, this is the way you need to live. You do this, tick the checklist off, and you'll have a good life. But it's like, you know, I want to feel that out for myself. I want to make a wrong decision and know that, okay, that's not the right way to do it. This is the right way. I want to, you know, experience all that life ha- has to offer. Otherwise, you know, what's the point? I'm like, the, the best thing about sort of living is you get to enjoy it and get to experience everything. 100%, bro. And I think, I think as well, every single person on this earth has made a mistake and done something that they shouldn't have done. And everyone, you either learn from things or you don't learn from things. And I think that's just it, mate. I think people are so willing to be able to not make the change and sit behind the keyboard and um, snarl on the people that are being being successful. Or you've got the other side where people are, are being successful and living the life like you say, they're, they're making the movements. And there's them, there's them two kind of people, but just know that every single human being has, has had a problem in life and they've had issues like, Nobody has not ever had an issue or a problem. Yeah, and but like that's one question I ask you because I know for myself, do you regret the decisions you made? Because for me it was, although I know it's not correct now, at the time I didn't have the knowledge to make the correct decision or the right one. And so for me it was just a huge learning curve. I took myself that far this way and then got myself out of it. And that's the, the part I see of my story that apart from sort of myself like playing rugby and having all these different sort of accolades and whatnot, for me, personally, it was getting myself out of that hole and fighting back, fighting for my life, deciding to actually live instead of just exist. So I don't know what it was like for you, but that is my sort of biggest, that's the trophy I'd put on the wall right there, is the journey of what I've experienced in 
although making some questionable decisions, it was like I needed to feel that out for myself to know the correct way to do it. And now I can not teach other people because I'm not saying I'm at that level. I've got a long way to go as well. But maybe people can see from my journey, you know, if they are sort of struggling a little bit, there is, and from yourself as well, you can get yourself out of that hole. There is sort of ways to move forward. You just have to literally have the courage to take that step. Yeah, mate, 100%. My journey is exactly the same as yours. Like, I think you have to go through these these bad things in life. You have to go through the decisions because at the time you don't have the fucking knowledge. You don't know, you don't know right from wrong. Whatever it is, maybe it's your ego's problem or the way society is or just the way your mind's um, got into these bad habits or whatever it is. You you didn't have the knowledge then that you do now. So looking back at the life I was living there, I could, as you say, just carry on existing for the rest of my life, or. Mm. I can make that decision and have that have that trophy on the fucking wall like you've just said, that that journey. And every single person out there, everyone listening to this, you can start that journey today. You start off and you just write down a few things that you want to change and you've got a foundation there. You've got something that's going to give you drive and you've got something to work on. You've got, you've got solid foundation in place for you to go forward and create something special. Yeah, 100%. percent you just got to take that first step. That's the key to it. And if like people can come back to sort of where I've been and, and where you've been, the state that you were in, like to come back from that, like anything is possible. Your mind is so so resilient. Like once you get connected, once you connect up to whatever you want to call it, goal or consciousness or just have, once you're sort of flowing again, life becomes like a pleasure to live. You wake up every morning wanting to get out of bed and wanting to attack it and wanting to just play the game. There is no problems. It's This comes along and say, like, okay. That door's closed. Another three will open. Let's pick the right one. There's no pressure on which one you pick either. It's just like, let's have a go. Let's let's attack. It's almost like in rugby. You always want to attack. You always want to attack. But no, appreciate appreciate you having me on, bro. It's been uh, it's been good. Yeah, hundred percent, bro. Um, so yeah, just to round it off. Thanks a lot, bro, for coming on. Real powerful conversation. Um, you know, hopefully I'll have you on again. No doubt we will be having you on again. Um, so thanks a lot to, to James O'Connor and keep tuned for the next um, MJ podcast. Thanks, guys.